for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a football Friday. Last one. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. That's what we want you to hear, that part, the 106.3. It's uh, Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we are with you right up until noon talking football and a little bit of basketball sprinkled in uh, with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list. We are fortunate, Trent and I are, that we can uh, put the focus on some of the community events or uh, community entities who are in need, as we've done with the food bank, uh, the uh, folks with the uh, LifeServe blood support uh, over the years, our, our uh, relationship with Nick McEnzie, MIC, makes this possible. So if I don't know if you uh, po- folks out there read the paper anymore up to the what's happening in our community, I don't feel like I am as much. I'll just, I'm right there with you. Since the newspaper didn't uh, stop showing up at my front door and I've got an online subscription, I just don't absorb as much. But... Your buddy, Dar Danielson, wrote mm-hmm. a piece at Radio Iowa, um, and he was also the register did, on the folks at every step who had a just an awful situation happen to them. 600 boxes, uh, cheer boxes, were packed and ready to go out to those in need during the season, and they were broken into last week in, in Urbandale, and it's gone. They stole. I mean, they stole. The thieves stole a whole bunch of stuff. So we're going to have Trey Wade, the CEO of Every Step. I want him to explain what his organization does and how we, as the community, can help. So we will deviate from sports here at about ten fifteen. And I look forward to doing just that with Trey Wade from Every Step. Thank you, Nick McNCMIC, for making all of these uh, charitable uh, sponsorship promotions, etc., um, allow us to Trent and, and myself to do them. So, BMW Des Moines guest list: Dave Sproul, bottom of the hour; Tom Caker, ten forty-five; Bama Bob, Trent, and I around college football at eleven oh five. We'll give four of our listeners an opportunity to win Claxon's Barbecue, thirty-one thirty-one Eighth Street uh, Southwest in Altoona. Um, if you haven't played within the last month, you are eligible to play, and that will be at about eleven thirty-five, eleven forty. Trent will make his picks. I'll embarrass myself following that as we take you up until noon. That's a positivity I love out of you, Ken Miller. Yeah. Well, you know what, Trent? I think I see a light at the end of the tunnel. That black cloud that has been following me around mm-hmm. lately. So, love Northern Illinois. Yeah. One uncovered. Like the, like the over. Check that box. Love Louisville last night. Yes, you did. Cover. You came bouncing into the chicken coop yesterday with the Louisville Cardinal. And I went bouncing out with a dozen wings. I'll get to that in a second. My God, they're good. Uh, and um, I had the Patriots last night. You did. So I'm starting to feel like oh, the tide you. is turning here. And we'll do uh, we'll do our picks here at about 10 minutes before. Just real quick on the chicken coop. Never, uh, never frozen, always fresh. That's mm-hmm. what Dave's uh, motto is when it comes to his wings at the chicken coop. I, I sat down and planned to eat eh, seven, eight of them. You know, I eat late. I eat uh, just before 10 o'clock. Probably shouldn't, you know, stuff myself before with my dinner. Right. Um, I couldn't help it. 
Pounded them all? I pounded every one of them. These are not small wings. No, they're not. <laughs> pounded the whole oh, thing. Oh, my God, they're good, Trent. Anyways, thank you, Dave. Look yeah. forward to being back out there December 17th, not in Ankeny. We will be in West Des Moines. Yes. 16th and Ashworth for that. So a busy program coming up today. I do, I guess we should start with... Um, well, it was very fortunate, at least for me, that uh, the hoopsters, the Hawkeye hoopsters, tipped at 6 o'clock last night. Mm-hmm. Trent, I don't know. It's tough to watch these games. It is. It really is. Iowa schedules 342nd out of 358 teams to begin the year. I get the big sense coming, and it's going to be a bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just, don't, don't you have to test yourself at some point? You understand at least the theory behind it. The theory is no Luca, right? Yeah, no Luca. Yeah. You you lose mm-hmm. two all Big Ten yep. players. Yep, we you get it. in uh, in in the in, what they call the D League. Yeah, G League, G League, right? The G League. Now, by the way, filled it up last night. Did you see that? I did. Twenty some points. Xavier is where Jack Nunji is. He had a big night last night. Jack Nunji. Kentucky is where C.J. Frederick is. Not is playing on crutches. Right. Yep. So you understand it, but you're to right. To an extent, yes. And in a season where you don't have an exempt tournament. They're not playing, not even Maui, but they're not playing in any one of those kind of events where you know, some of them, yeah, you're not going to play a bunch of big teams, but you're going to, at the very least, at usually play. At some point, yes. You play some good mid-majors, mm-hmm. are usually involved in those kind of things. You're not doing that. And to schedule like this for your first six, before you have to have those two early Big Ten games, and they are Bears this year. Mm-hmm. You get Purdue and Illinois yeah. <laughs> in that two-pack. And those games in December in Big Ten play have not been pretty for no, Fran they haven't been. throughout his tenure. There's been a lot of 0-2 starts. Yeah, did he, I think he split last year, yes, memory yep. serves. But digging yourself a hole pretty early That's in true. the season. Virginia, okay, that was scheduled out of his control. See, I had a lot bigger problem with Fran, the way that he schedules in the past when the RPI was a bigger component. Mm-hmm. The net rankings, strength of schedule is not as important. RPI is basically a measure of your strength of schedule. That's what RPI is. But the net's not the shiniest number either it so isn't. far. And that's still a component of it. Efficiency is also a big component. There's a lot of different factors that go into it, but it's not good right now, and it's not going to get better over the next two games yeah. as you're playing a couple more dregs here. The problem becomes if Iowa is a bubble team and those metrics that they look at and when you're breaking it down. Yeah, if they go out and they get a win against Michigan and Purdue and they got those quality right. victories right. and they are 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, they'll be fine. Sure. But if they're on the bubble and they're 9-11 and 11 and they're going to the Big Ten tournament, and that's one of the things that is going to be looked at, this is the problem. It's not playing by games. Everybody, mm-hmm. you and I, Drake, they mm-hmm. play by games. It's mm-hmm. not that. It's that you're playing the worst of the worst. And Trent, honest to God, I wasn't even looking at it from, from the angle that you are with March in mind. I was looking at it more of a, you know, there's going to come a time, and that time's coming in the next two weeks here, right. that you are going to face a stern test. And if you haven't been pushed at all to this point, how is this helpful? I get the confidence is going up, and you know what? For for, and I'm gonna, you know, kind of contradict myself a little bit here. I like the fact that Sanford is getting oh, yeah. these kind of minutes to build that confidence. They got something there in this kid, and you were right on about him by watching him as much as you did in high school. I, I that maybe was my biggest takeaway of anything last night. And Hill Murray's going to get his against inferior oh, yeah. competition. It was good to see Chris Murray bust out sure a little bit. He's played well in mm-hmm. two of the three games that he's played. Of course, was out was a Tuesday night. I think this is the one that he didn't play. But yeah, overall, you're getting kind of those young guys. All right, you're seeing some things. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing a big step forward. Certainly from Toussaint. Yep. We'll see. Competition yep. will so get big. He's, he's taken in control a step forward, right so far. 
Are there a couple of head-scratching turnovers? Yeah. But that's going to happen. You expected those. When a guy that plays fast, you're going to get that. And that's going to happen with him. You have a competent backup at the two-guard with Perkins. And if he's hitting shots, Mm -hmm. look out. Mm -hmm. Because that dude can play. You have all these components that make a lot of sense. But wouldn't it be nice to, oh, I don't know. Have Drake on the schedule right now? Imagine. What a, what a concept. How about Northern Iowa? Uh-huh. Just to see how you measure up against good, competent mid-majors. Mm-hmm. I hate the way that it played out. I absolutely despise that Fran yep. and Hoiberg at the time took yep. their ball and went home. Yep. It was because you. you and I got too good. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. That's the reason for it. Nobody else does it. Who cares? We can be special here in the state of We Iowa. are. Right. Let, let's have this, but it was taken away and it's yep. unfortunate from any perspective, I think that you look at because what would you rather see, Alabama State or Drake? Just saw Alabama State on Tuesday night. <laughs> now, a different gym. Was it pretty either way? It wasn't. Two different ways of winning football, uh, basketball games for Iowa State: do it with defense, mm-hmm. Iowa does it with offense. Yep. But regardless, we know now two games in. Alabama State's not very good. <laughs> no, they're not. And thankfully, Trent, I don't believe that we will ever utter another think word so. about them. They were picked eighth. Were they in the swag? Uh, yeah, until you're picked next eighth in the swag. You're a bad basketball team. Oh boy, oh boy, because that's a bad conference. Well, it's a bad basketball schedule. I get it. The Big Ten is coming, and we can't wait for that to happen. And for guys like Sanford, it's good to get that confidence built up. Sure. I'm with you. But um, anyways, play somebody, would you? So, did you watch much NFL? I did. You? I watched a lot of NFL. I watched. Um, so I watched Iowa for the until I don't know six forty, and then I turned on the college game. Mm-hmm. Watched a bunch of that. Missed the beginning of the NFL game, and then kind of got to the NFL and stayed there. This Patriots team, Trent, they're well. You said it, I think, earlier in the week that you think they can surpass the Bills. I thought mm-hmm. you were nuts. They're a good team. They're very. Good. They're a good team. They're an excellent defensive mm-hmm. team, and not and just Mac last Jones night. is. Legit. Yeah. He had the one bad interception, uh-huh. a little pressure in his face, and he kind of just threw it up. And But outside of that, he's efficient. Yep. He's smart. He's absolutely perfect for the way the Patriots want to go absolutely. and what McDaniels wants to do offensively. It's a perfect marriage for all the rookie quarterbacks. He is so far in front of them right now. Yep, he is. Obviously, that can change. But right now, the gap is significant. Would Trevor Lawrence be, a, if he was a Patriot, I don't know. I don't either. I, Mac Jones is in a perfect system for him. Right. It just marries completely uh-huh. the perfect way to do that. Yet, I heard somebody uh, mention something kind of similar to that, and I thought I don't think Lawrence would be close to what we've seen from no, Mac Jones right b- now. B- he's, he's, he's in a perfect spot, and Belichick didn't have to flinch. He just sat there at no. 15, and the draft fell into his lap. Fell into his lap. Um, as a guy who roots for a team that, you know, I could have had a couple of quarterbacks. Boy, Patrick Sertan, pressure's on you, kid. Right. You better go to. You better be all pro at that cornerback position a whole bunch of years. Uh, and you may be very good, and I think he's going to be. But man, oh man, Fields is a Baron Jones is a Patriot, and they could have had them both. And God knows, the Denver Broncos need a quarterback in the worst. Well, they've way. tried a lot of times. They have and failed. But you know what? Since I've been on the air, there's been three parades. Yeah, I'll trade you. Yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would. You know, speaking of the NFL, real quick, uh, Green Bay. Minnesota this week. I mean, who's not looking forward to this, right? And then you switch the channel and boom, here come the Chiefs and the Cowboys late. Mm -hmm. When do your Bears play? I'm guessing early? Uh, Yeah, their noon game. They Mm -hmm. uh, take on the Ravens. You see that point spread, how it's shifted throughout the week? I have not. So in whose favor? Towards the Bears' way. It was was six six and a half or six when I picked the game on Mediacom. It was six, six and a half until yesterday, I believe it was. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if it was one of those big conglomerates. Started throwing money on the bear. 
what what changed? What excites you about this Bears team off a of bye week? Yeah. Okay. At home. Well, I know what excites me. Apparently, I'm not going to have to lay as many points in my Claxons pick. What am I have to lay now? Because I have it written down at six. Because you already got it. It's four and a half right now at Circa. Okay. Perfect. Yes, absolutely perfect. If you're on that side, that's one I I can't see through outside of what I've been going to a lot. It's the NFL. Yeah. You just don't know. Well, we, last time we saw the Ravens, they were embarrassed on Thursday night. That's right. And nobody saw that coming. Right. Very few uh, saw that coming. So, anyways, that's going to be good. It's going to be a really fun day, I think, of NFL football. Of course, tomorrow we've got the uh, big noon kickoff, 11 o'clock Central with Oklahoma uh, and Iowa State. Trent, I've said it uh, for weeks, and nothing's changing my mind. I believe Iowa State will win the football game tomorrow. I'm, I'm, we're in lockstep. I, the Oklahoma, you wonder where they are mentally after mm-hmm. last week. Taking that loss, doing it in that fashion. Now, it's going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion, if the Clones are going to win. 30, because Williams is going to do some business. Sure. Iowa State secondary has not shown up lately. 38-31 kind yeah, of game. Yeah, I can see it. You mean 35. 38-35. Yeah. Close game. Close game. I see it the same way. I do love the over. That's one that I've already hit this week. And I'm, I'm with you. I just, It's crazy to say, I think Iowa State's better. I do, too. I think they're a better team than Oklahoma. There's Mm -hmm. there's just so many warts. And I understand the disappointment and the points they've given up to West Virginia and Texas Tech here over the last three weeks. But I like them better defensively. Mm -hmm. I like them better certainly running the football. I do, too. There's a lot of check marks on the Iowa State side. And that's why when that opener came out, that point spread Mm -hmm. very quickly was taken down. It's settled at four now. Iowa State getting I saw forward. some three and a halfs this morning. Were there three and a halfs? Yeah. There were some yesterday. I saw they bounced back last night. So back a few three and a half. Well, so they're, they're three tilting and a half for Claxons. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. With that extra hook out there. Yeah. You know, it, it's bouncing back and forth, but I'm with you. I think Iowa State's the right side. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to win this football game. Do you feel confident about Iowa? Because I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they'll cover. Illinois oh, yeah. can run the football. Can't throw it. No, can't throw it. Uh, just absolutely can't throw it. They can play a little bit of defense, but I think that um, I think Iowa wins. I mean, I'm. I guess I'm more interested in that game to see how the quarterback position is handled. Absolutely, because if God forbid Padilla comes out and they has a couple of bad series, or the mm-hmm. team doesn't, regardless if he's playing well or not, doesn't move the football, and Petrus is okay. What happens? I think you're setting yourself up for disaster. I, I, I do too. I think you have to give Alex Padilla some mm-hmm. slack here. He has earned that. I agree. Over the last two weeks, but I'm with you. I don't think it's there. I'm, I'm nervous that it. I mean, knowing Ferentz mm-hmm. as we've known him, he's as loyal as the day is long. I was given up the, I believe, second most sacks in the Big Ten. The last two weeks, you know how many sacks they've given up? How many? Zero. Isn't that something? Hmm. Wonder what the difference is. Maybe the quarterback's not where we know he's going to be because he can't right. move. Absolutely. Huh. I, I think it says it all. It's a very simple yeah. number, but it says a lot. Just how different this offense is with a guy that can move around just a little bit. Right. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's not RG3. No. <laughs> it's not what Padilla is, but he has a little athleticism. I'm not being hyperbolic. Is Spencer Peach just the least athletic quarterback? Oof. That you've seen this year at the D one level. Oh, the, I mean, there's <laughs> there has to be someone else off the top of my head. You know, I love watching crappy football too. Not Maction during the mid. By the way, speaking of Maction, we're having Mister Maction on Tuesday. Oh, that's awesome. Todd Kirk's going to the game. What? Yes, 
Mr. Maction, Todd Kirk from the Action Fanatics, is actually jumping in the car and... Where's he headed? I think northern Northern Illinois. Going to DeKalb. He's going to DeKalb. It's beautiful in November. Uh, <laughs> beautiful shade of brown. Right. But he'll be there, so I said, you know what? Let's do it. That'll be great. Yeah, I'm absolutely. looking forward to that. Todd's a really good guy. He is. I've known him for 30 years, Trent. Have you? Yes. Connection back, what, to the horse track? No. Um, Rick Rungaitis, Sam Burnaby, Jim mm-hmm. Nahas, Todd Kirk, and yes. myself. would When I was living in Denver, my son was born, and I was flying back to see him every two weeks. I'd stay at Rungo's, and we'd play bocce ball in the backyard, and Burnaby would come over. Burnaby, Sam was just married, no kids at the time, uh-huh. and Kirk, and Jim Nahas, who's been in the paper lately. Yeah. <laughs> he was a good guy. That's the Jim Nahas. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. Um, and I'm not passing judgment either way. Is, but that's what we, that's how long I've known Todd Kirk. That's great. I saw him in Jefferson when Circa was in town a couple of weeks ago. Gotcha. Hadn't seen him in years. But So anyways, Mr. Maxson's going to come on. That's awesome. Uh, so is Trey Wade from every step. In fact, I think we should pause the sports conversation right now uh, and shed some light on a, an unfortunate circumstance uh, as thieves broke into their warehouse and stole um, holiday items meant for... Um, Central Iowa families, grieving families who are without a loved one for the first time. And this is what the folks at Every Step do. They had all these cheer boxes, the third annual cheer box. They were ready to go out. They're all packed up. Um, food, uh, gifts, those type of things, just trying to, you know, do what they can to ease the pain that some of these families are going through with the loss of a loved one, uh, here to, uh, around the holiday season. And sadly, um, they had a break-in, and boy, oh boy, they lost a whole bunch of stuff. And I wanted to get Trey Wade in here and uh, to shed some light on what Every Step does, and maybe the community, for those of you who are in a spot to do so, uh, can come to their aid uh, in ways. And I talk, this is kind of on you, TC, and I'm kind of hitting you between the eyes on this one. I invited Trey Wade back in next week to cut a commercial. Oh, that's great, yes. So I don't know what your schedule is. We'll make it we, work. I thought you would. Yes. I thought I could just say that without having spoken uh, to you in advance. Let's get Trey Wade. He is the CEO of Every Step, and he joins us. Trey, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Trey Wade. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to tell the story. I no, I love it. I read it in the register, then saw it on RadioIowa.com, and I thought, you know what? Uh, we've got an opportunity to perhaps help you guys over there, and let's see what we can do. So let's kind of go back to the weekend. Uh, you guys are all set. Over 600 boxes were going to be delivered throughout the state, and uh, sadly, um, thieves broke in and derailed those plans, at least for the time being. Tell us about that, Trey. Yeah, so it's uh, it's our cheer box program. It's one of every steps of any program, but it's uh, twelve specific gifts that are really geared toward helping someone who has experienced a loss in the past year. So if they've had a you know a spouse, a mother, father, certainly if they've had a child die, it's for adults and for kids. Um, anyone in the community can nominate that them. It's completely free of charge. And then uh, between the the weeks of Thanksgiving and around December fifth, they would receive what we call our uh, every step Amanda the Panda cheer box. Twelve specific gifts. Some are geared toward really helping them remember that loved one. Some are helping them really geared toward uh, you know just taking some time away to enjoy themselves, to smile. You know, there's board mm-hmm. games in there. There's puzzles. There's um, and and amaryllis bulb to, uh, that will grow and bloom around uh, Christmas and nice. in, in, uh, memoriam of their loved one. So a lot of, of wonderful specific gifts <clears throat> excuse me unfortunately when we came in 
Um, we realized something was amiss in the area where we were uh, putting them together. We have a wonderful group uh, of um, community uh, business partners, volunteers who come in, wrap the gifts, put the box together with the 12 specific gifts. And when we came in, we realized someone had uh, been able to get into the building, mm. uh, not only steal and rip apart a number of the boxes, but we also found out uh, as we looked around that both our vehicles were missing, the vehicles Jeez. we used to deliver uh, the cheer boxes, um, the electronic equipment, uh, iPads, laptop, uh, projector that we used to um, put the thank you notes from the year before up on the wall. So those mm. volunteers, as they kind of come in and, and you know have some fun with us, could, could see the impact that they're having. Uh, they they really did a number on the space uh, as we uh, look to continue to wrap and get ready for delivery. Friday was when deliveries I know were supposed to happen. Where are you guys at right now as it pertains to that, trying to kind of recoup some of these things and, of course, make these holidays a little bit brighter uh, for the people that have lost a loved one? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, I mean, I think that's what I'm most proud of. You know, after that initial shock, our team quickly pivoted. Our, our Amanda the Panda leadership team, our foundation, Every Step Foundation leadership team quickly pivoted to you were not going to let this stop us from uh, – filling the orders we need to fill to getting these boxes out to people, you know, in the metro area across the state, even nationally, you know, we send a a ship a number out of states. Mm. Um, And so we quickly pivoted. And I would say by uh, probably an hour, maybe two, we had volunteers back in the building after the police were uh, gave us thumbs up that we could bring people back in. Uh, And we're well on our way now. We're, um, we're going to be able not only to fill the 665 boxes we plan to do, but because this is something founded, uh, funded by our foundation, we do have a cutoff point. Unfortunately, as a nonprofit, we only have so many resources. But with the amazing support we've gotten so far from the community, mm. we actually also had a waiting list of about 20. And we said, you know what, we're going to do those two. We have the resources, we're going to pivot, and we're going to... You know, the proverbial, make uh, lemonade out of the lemon. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, knowing Central Iowans as, I, as I, I believe that I do, I'm not surprised that the community is, uh, has come together for this. So what else do you need, Wade? What would, um, you know, if there's somebody listening out there, uh, Trey, um, and you, um, you know, you want to reach them, and like we talked on the phone yesterday, we want to have you in here, cut a commercial to talk about what you guys do at, uh, at every step. What can we do? What message would you like to send? What help do you need here on, in the days, weeks ahead, Trey? Sure. Thank you. Um, well, you know, so both the vehicles have been recouped, but we don't know the damage yet. So obviously, again, as a nonprofit, trying to replace two vehicles will be uh, something we have to take on. Um, so community support is always welcome in that way. More than anything, I encourage people, if they're interested at all, to just go to our website, everystep.org, to find out what we do. I mean, we're one of the biggest volunteer organizations in the state. We have amazing opportunities for people if they want to get involved. We have 30 different programs. Uh, This Cheerbox program is just one of those that positively impact people. And the Every Step name came from we have a lot of maternal child programs helping young moms and kiddos even before they're born. Hmm all the way to our hospice uh, services and then our grief and loss programs, which are really after the death of someone. That's where you kind of get the every step and, and every step of life. And what, what I always want to encourage people is just learn about what we do. We think we're the best kept secret in Des Moines and frankly within the state. We positively impact a lot of people. And if people just go check out all the services we offer, they may have someone that could benefit from them or they may want to get involved, whether that's uh, you know donating their 
their dollars or their time. Well, it took an unfortunate set of circumstances to bring the uh, us together with you, uh, and we're going to do our part, Trey. Well, uh, we do hope that you can come in next week, cut that commercial. We'll uh, get it on all of the iHeart stations here in Central Iowa. You can tell your story and do so in 28 seconds, and it will reach ears throughout the Central Iowa community right up and until uh, the, through the holiday season. Uh, Trey, uh, give us the website so we can uh, we can find that easy. What's the website again? It's everystep, all one word, dot org. Pretty simple. Everystep.org. Trey, congratulations on bringing everybody together. And I know that uh, you couldn't do so without the great team you have over there, the volunteers and everybody that pulled together. So those folks that do need your help this year will be able to get it. You guys came together very quickly, and we hope to do our part and even expand on that. Trey, have a great weekend. Congratulations uh, on uh, pulling that together. And let's, uh, let's see each other next week, all right? Sounds great. Thanks so much for the support, for letting us tell our story, and have a great holiday. Yeah, you do the same. Thank you, Trey Wade, uh, the CEO of Every Step. NCMIC makes this possible. Nick Mick, NCMIC makes it possible for Trent and I to uh, provide this um, airtime. So stories like Every Steps can reach the ears of the community. And way to go, Central Iowa. You saw yeah. that story, and you came together as kind of thought that they would when I read it over the week, or Monday, I guess it was. Um, can you imagine? No, absolutely not. Just go, I mean, somebody breaks in, steals that, does all that damage, steals trucks, steals all the electronics. It's not hitting up, yeah. hitting up a nonprofit organization. Right. Just I at mean, Christmas for the, God's sake, the sickest of sick. Absolutely unbelievable. Everystep.org slash donate. That's where you can go to donate and uh, lots of different ways, even if it's not monetarily, that you can get involved with a really great group of people. We are involved with a really great group of people. Thank you, Nick Mick, NCMIC, for allowing Trent and I to do this with your advertising dollars. Nope, don't talk about our company. Just do this and reach as many people as you can uh, through your microphones. We'll be back with Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Uh, also, Tom Cakert on Iowa, we have reached the end. Two keywords left. That's it, on our show. On our show. Now, Murph and Andy have a couple. Mm-hmm. The Fanatics have three. But today's the end of this contest. Time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Dave Sproul will catch us up on the Hoopsters as well as the football team who makes their way to Oklahoma to take on the Sooners. Dave Sproul next. Tom Cakert still to come in hour number one on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Kick and Lung Association. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Your favorite. Oh, I love the Stones. Let's welcome Dave Sprout to the program. We're back. It's Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Tom Cakert coming up in 6, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in that area. Minutes, we will get the Hawkeye perspective as they head into the weekend to host Illinois. The Cyclones are on the road in Norman to take on the Sooners. Dave Sprout covers Iowa State for KSI 1430 on the AM dial. He also does Ames Little Cyclones football and basketball. 
Uh, Dave, you were telling Trent that the new Iowa Alliance Conference is out, and you can't wait to make that Waterloo trip. Aims to Waterloo in January and February. I'm envious, Dave Sproul. How are you? Uh, yeah, I could, I could just imagine you guys would love to tag along on that hour-and-a-half road trip from Ames to Waterloo to see the little Cyclones take on whatever Waterloo East calls themselves. I don't know anything about that. They're the Trojans. There you go. Yes. Well, the Iowa Lions Conference, the North is now Ames, Fort Dodge, Marshalltown, Mason City, Waterloo East. The South will be the city schools. Throw a Tumwa into the mix, and there you go, competition beginning next year. Is this a good move, Trent? I think so. Yeah. I think ultimately you're going to have an opportunity, certainly for the city schools. Dave will give probably a different perspective of this group of schools that have all at varying degrees had. And not football, correct? Right, right. right. This is for basically every other sport. But, you know, difficult areas. Ames kind of does seem like the outlier here. But I think for the city schools, more games against each other, it does make mm-hmm. a lot of sense. They're in the same division, too. So it's not a huge difference overall. But, Dave, I think you have a different perspective because Ames, of this group of schools, has had different types of success, a different type of maybe student base compared Harrison to some of the Barnes. others. Yeah, that's a big one, too. But oh, <laughs> Doug McDermott. Has it, was it difficult for Ames to come to this conclusion to, to leave the CIML? I, I don't think it, it was once you got really down to the brass tacks. Of course, there's a lot of history there with a lot of the schools. But I think once it came, kind of came together that Fort Dodge and Marshalltown and Mason City and the, the, the Des Moines City schools were kind of in the same boat with Ames and feeling that, you know, all the resources and the population density in, in the suburb, suburban schools uh, are just making it uh, impossible to compete with those kind of those kind of programs for championships and whatever sport you want to talk about, uh, you know, it got a little easier because they were able to get together and say, look, we can make a more competitive league that gives our schools a better chance uh, to win conference titles and not bang our heads in the walls. Because I've seen Ames in girls basketball, for example, Ames has had some really good teams to the year, but they keep ending up with records right around 500 because they have to play Johnston and Waukee and the Ankeny schools and all those schools that put together really great programs year after year after year. And, you know, kudos to them for, for, for doing that, but they also have that built-in advantage of having these huge population bases that, uh, you know, generate more athletes. And outside of your Harrison Barnes and Doug McDermott and the occasional generational, you know, class, Ames just... Lipsy. Yeah, they, yeah, they just don't have the, the type of population uh, to, to make themselves that kind of a program just on a year-in, year-out basis in whatever sport you're talking about. Uh, Dave, before we do football, let's go back, kind of recap the week. Last time we spoke was on the eve of the Oregon State game. Seems like a long time ago now, but that went their way. Look, here's the thing, I think, three games into the season, Dave. I don't know how the season's going to turn out. I do know that they've already surpassed their win total from the entire season last wow. year, which, you know, I mean, when you, when you look at it that way, yeah, it was really bad last year, but you have this is a positive. And and it seems to me, you're there, I'm not, that Hilton's kind of already wrapping their arms around this team as well they should. Yeah, I definitely get that sense. Hilton is not as full as maybe I'd anticipated. I don't know what actual ticket sales are, but actual attendance, a little less than I had anticipated, uh, to be honest. But the enthusiasm that the people are there, what they're bringing is is what you want to see or what you'd expect to see out of a Hilton Coliseum crowd, especially when they're reacting to a team that has the ability to actually defend and, and on occasion turn that defense into some offense by creating turnovers, getting some fast break opportunities, and just you know playing with the max effort that uh, that I'm sure Iowa State fans 
want to see. So the more you know, you see this, the more they have success with this style of play. Maybe then we'll see more crowds, and of course, when the Big Twelve comes into play, it'll certainly be uh, more of a, a packed building at that point. But uh, the fans are really enthusiastic about just the way this team plays. You're seeing that effort and, and enthusiasm that TJ Altelberger has has really uh, hammered home, and uh, you know, especially on the de- defensive end of the court. Now they're going to need to do better than one for twenty from three point range <laughs> to, to win some games down the road. But that's Probably kind of low down the list of priorities, really, when you think about it, because I, I don't know that we could have expected this team to be a really good shooting team at, at any point. But that's something you can you can kind of work on in, in practice. But the the habits there that you know they say defense travels and it doesn't slump and things like that. Well, that's what T.J. Altelberger and company are counting on. You know, Brockington, he's been a star. Tyrese Hunter he is going to be a star. He is an absolute stud. Uh, a couple of guys I want to get your thoughts on, though. And Aruna, is this just what he is? He's just a defensive guy. There's just not going to be a ton of offense to him. Do you see maybe more upside offensively to him? And how about the play of George Condit? You know, we've been waiting for the light bulb to come on. Does it feel like maybe it finally is for him? Yeah, for for Condit, uh, he's gotten back to what he does best, which is defend, block shots, get rebounds, you know, not worry about the offensive end so much. Mm -hmm. I think... uh, that you know, being able to embrace that defensive aspect of his game and the rebounding aspect, I think is uh, definitely. It, it looks like he's enjoying the game more than he has in years, and it's bring a, it's brought a valuable asset to Iowa State on that end of the floor. And Aruna, I you know, I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to tell you if he actually has offensive skills or if there's something there that Iowa State can unlock offensively. But you know, again, if he's a guy who's just a lockdown defender and gives you great effort on that end of the floor, I think he'll take that because. Uh, that'll have some value. And he's maybe the type of guy you can say, you know, that guy, he's the scorer for the opposite team. You, you stay on him for a while or, or something along those lines. But we'll see. I mean, you know, he's part of a crowded field of top flight elites that Kansas always gets when he was with the Jayhawks and, uh, you know, still making that adjustment maybe in a lot of ways to Iowa State. So maybe we'll see his offensive game unlocked down the road. Hard to say, but I think we are seeing uh, the kind of defensive player he can be. Football tomorrow, Oklahoma's the opponent, uh, the uh, clones on the road uh, in Norman. You know, when you look at this Oklahoma team, should we maybe have been tipped off very early that they're not as good as some think that they're going to be? I mean, Tulane has won one football game. If we would have, should have had them in week one, Nebraska went toe-to-toe with them for crying out loud. Um, even Kansas was in the ball game for a while as they opened up the doors and said, come on in uh, and watch this potential upset. Trent and I both think that Iowa State is going to win the football game tomorrow. Now, could, it be, could we be wrong? Of course. But it's, it's, um, it's a very winnable football game is where I'm going. And have you heard, Dave, who Riley's going to start at quarterback? Rattler finished. Williams came out of that game last week in the loss to Baylor. Well, who's going to play quarterback for Oklahoma? And do you see this, as we do, as a winnable game? I might have imagined this, but I believe I saw somewhere this week that uh, it, was, it was made uh, very clear that uh, Caleb Williams was going to be the starter. Okay, uh, So that's, that's what I'm expecting for tomorrow. And and I think it is interesting the fact that, you know, I mean, all the talk early on was Spencer Rattler, you know, he was going in as the Heisman favorite and stumbled out of the gate, didn't play particularly well in, in those games you mentioned uh, early in the season and got supplanted by Caleb Williams. And then Williams comes along and he's lighting up the world for a couple of weeks and everybody's talking about, could could he win the Heisman? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen at this point because he stumbled in, in some recent games and got yanked last week, as you guys mentioned. Uh, so it's it, what happens tomorrow could depend very much on how well or what Caleb Williams shows up. If we see the playmaker, we saw, you know, close out that game against Texas, then 
Iowa State might be in trouble. But if he struggles and, you know, it's back and forth between him and Rattler again, then certainly Iowa State's going to have every opportunity to win. I think the biggest thing that might have been overlooked during the course of the season because we talk about offense so much is that their defense, I don't think, got much better. They made yeah. some improvements the first couple of years under Grinch, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've seen that this year. And, you know, looking at some of the numbers, the, the Sooners are 104th in pass yards allowed per game nationally. They're middle of the pack, like 62nd uh, in first downs allowed and, and 60th in points allowed. So their defense really hasn't done much to brag about. And so that's going to keep uh, the, the doors open for Iowa State to score some points and potentially make this a shootout game, which I would find very entertaining personally. Ditto. Yes, yeah, back and forth, uh, high scoring, that's always fun. Dave, wrap up with this. Of course, the story of the week was the press conference, the most together team in college football. That's what Matt Campbell's goals was, not a Big 12 championship as he uh, talked down to Ben Visser. Your takeaway from it, a, an interesting, certainly, week here inside of the Iowa State football offices. Ah, yeah, just imagine me rolling my eyes as hard as possibly can as we discuss this because he didn't really say anything in that quote that he hasn't said before. Right. To blatantly come out and say Big 12 is not our goal is probably new, but he's intimated that before, that he doesn't really set goals or a number of wins or whatever to define success. And he has said repeatedly, it's all about getting better in the process and being the best version of yourself. And again, I don't, I don't think there was anything there he hasn't said before when it comes right down to it, but made some great fodder for the content minds and the, the hot take industrial uh, complex out there. Uh, but for those of us who've been around Matt Campbell, you know, through the years, I, I don't think there was anything new in his words. He might've been a little perturbed or condescending even towards, towards Ben in that answer, which was the part that caught me off guard. But again, this is a guy he's repeated it from almost, well, virtually day one. I mean, it's all about the process for him, and and I, I don't think we should be surprised that his goal is more about you know developing the qualities you need to be great versus what uh, specifically defines great in terms of the outcome. He's more about the process, so we we should know that by that. I will um, go on record as thanking him for the content, and I'm guessing I can speak on behalf of Sports <laughs> Talk Radio across the country, uh, but certainly here in the and state Twitter of Twitter and the blog, absolutely. And- Brady Quinn and whoever else you want to throw out there. Absolutely. Appreciate the content. By the way, Charlie Kohler and Mike Rose to the Senior Bowl. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, Mike Rose announced yesterday. I believe Kohler just uh, just now. Uh, thank you, Dave Sproul. We'll talk to you pro Wednesday of next week. Thank you, Dave. All right. Sounds great. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul, KSI, Tom Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Um, 342nd out of 358 teams. That's where the Hawkeyes basketball strength of schedule lies. I get there's more to it. Um, I'm not even looking at this from a March perspective. I just want them to test themselves against somebody, Tom. They are, they're, they're just beating, you know, nobodies at this point. Yep. They're doing it easily. And I get the fact, I love the fact that Sanford is, you know, getting all this confidence seemingly in his game as he gets set to take on the uh, juggernaut that is the Big Ten regular season. But man, don't, shouldn't they be playing somebody, Tom? It's, it's, it's boring. Well, it it is, but it, part of it is they're not playing an exempt event this year, mm-hmm. you know, because normally you'd be headed out to, you know, wherever, Florida, Bahamas, wherever, uh, Vegas, different destinations and, and playing in one of those four-team things, and they're not doing it this year. They're going to do it next year. Um, 
I think they're going to play in something in Florida next year. So mm. anyway, that's probably part of the reason why um, you're just not seeing it. So they're going to just do this, play, you know, then uh, it gets a lot more challenging coming up here in another week plus when you're you're going up against, you know, you got to go to Virginia. Now, Virginia is not very good either. That's maybe right. part of the problem, too. They're not Virginia, uh, if you know what I mean. They're just not as good. But you, you remember right after that, then they've got Purdue, who's, who I think is the best team in the Big Ten right now, and then Illinois, who might be <laughs> the second best team in the Big Ten. Um, although the Big Ten might not be good this year, guys. Ew. I think it will. Yeah. We'll see. They're struggling, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, Michigan got picked off the other night. I didn't see that coming. Right. Seton Hall got him, right? Seton Hall yeah. got him, yeah. yeah. Rematch of national championship game from long, long ago for those youngsters out there. Yeah, Seton 1989 Hall. national title game. Is Terry, that what it was? Yeah, Terry DeHare and company Jeez. for Seton Hall. Long time ago. Neil Robinson. Yeah. Well, Andrew Gaze, I think, was the big Australian. Andrew Gaze. Yeah. Andrew Gaze, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're talking uh, old people stuff here, Tom. So... Let's come to the present. One thing I do want to get to, uh, basketball-wise, your thoughts. The rotation going forward. Sanford's going to have a role. Probably you know, shooter off the bench, 12, 15 minutes a game. What's the role for Tony Perkins? Because you see the offensive game. If he's knocking down shots, we know what he can do defensively. Ultimately, what's the role you ultimately think is going to happen for Perkins? Yeah, I think he's probably 15 minutes a game off the bench. Um, maybe more if he's hitting shots, maybe less if he's not, uh, or if they're just struggling with the defensive end, then he's probably going to play more like the other night, uh, against, uh, North Carolina central. Yeah. He shot it. Okay. But it was, it was he and him and Ulysses garden people that really helped them, uh, finish off that game where they were. They were struggling uh, protecting the rim for sure. People are just driving to the bucket like crazy. And, um, they've got a, you know, there's a role for him. I, I just, I think you're right. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think it's it's a it's a decent role. Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, let's get the football. Here comes Illinois. It's senior day. It's kind of a turn the clock back as far as the timing of the kickoff. They'll kick this bad boy at 1 o'clock. FS1 has the TV. If you can't be in front of your TV, of course, down the hall here, News Radio 1040 WHO has the game itself. So Illinois can run the football. Illinois' defense, depending on when you watch them, have been good. They don't give up a lot of points for the most part. Um, your thoughts on this, Illinois? I personally think the number's too high, but uh, I, I do believe I will win. The million-dollar question, Tom Caker, is how will the Ferences handle the quarterback position? Can you, other than injury, see a scenario, the likelihood, I guess, of a scenario of Petrus coming into the game? Um, I think if Padilla really struggled, I think that's where, you know, like the first half he throws a couple picks or something is just way off then I could see them going to the bullpen and saying Spencer, go out there and win it for us in the second half. That's what I could, uh, that's a scenario that I could see. Um, but other than that, if, you know, Brian kind of gave it away the other day, didn't he? When he kind of started talking about a hot hand and, and stuff like yeah. that, I, I thought that was kind of a, a dead giveaway that he's, he's not telling us specifically that Padilla starting, but he's telling us that Padilla starting. And uh, so I, I think that's what they're going to do. Plus, 
guys, let's be honest. If they trotted, and this is no disrespect to Spencer, who's a great young guy, but if they trotted him out there tomorrow to start the game, it would it would just be Oof. really ugly. And you don't want that, especially no. on senior day. Right, right. You know, you know, you just don't want that. So I, Kirk's Kirk's not no dummy. Brian's no dummy. They know the deal. And um, yeah, you could maybe pull that off on the road. Can't do it at home. Mm-hmm. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Tom, last thing for me, and uh, a look at this Illinois team. Obviously, this is a big rivalry where you're from in the Quad Cities. Bielma's got the team running the football. You know, the Iowa run defense has shown some issues here as the season has progressed. How concerned are you about that run defense against an Illinois team that's at times going to have seven offensive linemen out there trying to run the ball? Yeah, I am really concerned about it. I think it, it's a big concern this week. It was a big concern last week. Um, and mainly, you know, guys, the, the main concern now is there's not a real deep rotation along that defensive line. And they, you know, played a lot. Like Zach Van Balkenberg played um, over 70 snaps last week. John Wagner was over 60. Uh, that's a lot of work against, uh, you know, those big guys. Uh, so... They're going to face that again. Now, Illinois is not as big as – nobody's as big as uh, – except maybe Wisconsin as big as uh, Minnesota. But, um, yeah, they're going to have to hold up against those guys. And they can't uh, – they've got to do better on first and second down and get off the field because you can't uh, afford to have another 40-20 to 20 split time split uh, and, and expect to be successful. Is it sold out tomorrow? If it's not, it's really close, I think. Do you know, Tom? I Think it is, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I thought I thought I saw something that was there. Was. Some left? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, we'll impose on you Wednesday if that's okay with you. Super good stuff, Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, have a great week. Talk to you on Wednesday. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Yep, thank you, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. We got our final break out of the way. Hour number one. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football from a national perspective to kick off hour number two. Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway at about 11.35. Our picks before we get out of here. Um, we've got Ankeny Hawks. Well, we don't, but down the hall on the on the Bull 96.9. Yes. Trent Condon, Joe Stacy have the Hawks of Ankeny and the Rams of Southeast Polk 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock kickoff for that one, and it will start on time. It will. Yes, because only two games today. One's going on right now. The other one's at 1 o'clock. I, I guess we could get 100 overtimes in the, in the 1 o'clock game, but yes, we will start on time. 6.45 with the pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. The Rams and the Hawks again for a state championship. And away we go. We'll be back to finish out our number one on Miller & Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Edition Supply. Final minute of the first hour of the program. Saturday morning pregame will be live at the Nap Center tomorrow from eleven uh, from nine until eleven. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I guess there's obviously a game at the Nap tomorrow. Boy, difficult day for a, for a basketball game, isn't it? Iowa State at eleven, Iowa at one. Well, best of luck to Coach DeVries and his squad. The Saturday morning pregame live from the Nap. And Drake's got a huge exam tournament coming up next week. Do they? Some big time names there. Where are they going? 
down to Florida, I nice. want to say it is. I just saw the yeah. field. It's a really good one. Chance has some big wins. Good. They need them. Mm-hmm. Good fun team to watch. All right, hour number two, Batman Bob, Trent and I will kick it off talking college football on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.